welcome to Time Limit, a podcast all about project management, leadership, and productivity. My name is Brett Harnett, and I'm the lucky guy who gets to connect you with all of the unique voices in the global project management community here on Time Limit. I'm pretty excited about this episode because my guest, Tim Leinert, is a project manager in the digital healthcare space. But more specifically, he's at a startup that's creating games in that space. If you're interested in managing game projects or even just in the startup space itself, you're going to really like this conversation. Tim shares his on-the-ground experiences as a PM in that space where he's doing more than your typical PM. And it sounds like he's pretty much loving it. So check it out. Hey, Tim Leinert, thank you so much for joining me on Time Limit today. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing really well. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's a topic that's been kind of in the back of my head for a while. You know, like SPMs, we know that there are project managers in every industry working on every kind of possible type of project out there in the world. And and you're working on something that's kind of interesting that I, I think a lot of people, at least in my generation and, and generations younger are into, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of, that's games, right? Like video games. Yeah. And so I have to admit that I actually have a little bit of experience uh, with game design projects. Well, maybe not game design as much. So I once worked with a really well-known video game company and I managed the redesign of their front-end website and their e-commerce experience. So I got to work with the team who was making one of their games. So I know and I understand the culture and the workspace pretty well, but not the actual projects, which is kind of funny. Like I, I have to think that video <laughs> game projects are a whole different animal. So I'm excited to get into that. But honestly, based on what you've told me about your project, Tim, it seems like it's a little bit different from the run of the mill video game. Can you maybe start <laughs> by telling us a little bit about your project? Yeah, of course. I would love to. Thank you. Um, yeah. So um, I'm working as a producer and product owner in in kind of like a new field of video games, it's kind of up and coming right now. It's called of uh, it's called health games. So we develop games for healthcare, and we try to use the power of games to change behavior for the better. And so yeah, I'm working um, at Mindful Game Lab. It's a small startup uh, based in Sweden. As you can hear, I'm from Germany, so I moved up north, very up north in Sweden, <laughs> where we have uh, snow and it's beautiful nature and it's a, it's a beautiful place to be. And we, we work um, uh, with a game project that addresses depression and bipolar disorder. So I'm, I'm running a team of maybe like uh, 10 people um, trying to use the power of games to, to make uh, people who are diagnosed with uh, depression or bipolar disorder not feeling so alone. So we're using a lot of like game mechanics uh, in a small space, but hope to make a big impact. <laughs> That's really amazing. There's so much to unpack there. I hope you're ready to yeah. dig in. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> so yes, I am. The, the purpose of that game is really is really an interesting one. It, is that um, is this kind of the only product that your company works on, or do you do you manage several projects kind of within the company? Yeah. So this is like our first uh, big product, and we we have been working on now since maybe uh two years on that one so it's really complex because there's so many things we want to do right um, that really starts with understanding the whole patient experience how do people feel when they get the diagnosis and how can we develop 
a game experiences uh, that that is inclusive to make um, to make people uh, be part of uh, something bigger and not just like uh, I don't know another addictive game. It's something that you should really like like to play, enjoy to play, and and want to want to want to spend time with. And so that took a lot of time <laughs> to yeah. just focus on that, doing a lot of like research and. But we are we are very excited to like have also some small projects at the at the same time going. For example, with students um, doing some kind of healthcare projects uh, with gaming. So it's like we have one big one, but like some smaller innovation things going on as well. So that's pretty cool. Okay, so you mainly get to focus on this this one big project then. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting. So um, I have to imagine that there is some kind of project charter or set of goals that are determining <laughs> kind of what you're there to do and 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 what you're building, what your what your goal is. Is that, is that true? Yes. yes, of course. I mean that's really important, especially like like I come I come my background is is I came from I would say like traditional project management, and I came into game design like uh, uh, with this project so I, I came from a very standardized way of working with a project and I got uh, to learn better now with the game design. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so <I'm trying laughs> because it's, 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 it's very different but also quite similar in so many ways so it's, it's very interesting to be part of for me as well of a kind of a learning journey because you work with such a creative process you have so many people who who have like uh, the talents in 3D or game design or uh, writing the scripts, the dialogues, and you need to make sure that those all align a specific goal. So, for us, especially working in within healthcare, we need to make sure from the beginning that um, we meet the the right goals, and we we do that in a very empathic way. So, for us, for example, a uh, project charter is how do we want to meet the the patients uh, who will use our game in a more like emotional way? How what kind of like feeling do we want to evoke? What kind of like tools do we want to have to to help them along their journey? And um, that really like helps us to define like outcomes, so to speak. So people should feel better. People should feel like they they are on a journey um, They understand why uh, the good things about the journey, but also accept that it might not be easy, um, like on a personal level when, when dealing with a diagnosis, it takes some time to accept the diagnosis, for example. So our project charter is really based on trying to emphasize uh, the emotional side of like our players as much as possible so we can align our, our goals to, to to help them along the way, so <laughs> absolutely, we try to yeah. So it's it's a it's a more um, yeah. It's not as precise, I would say, as in a normal project as I used to be before. For example, it's really trying to keep some some things open uh, in order to to find it out on the way how we do it the best way. Right. So you're trying to you're trying to kind of invoke an emotion. Um, and making people feel supported more so than, like you said before, getting them addicted to another game. Exactly. Yes, and that is quite challenging, right? Yeah. So we, <laughs> but it's so beautiful. It's so so beautiful too, because, for example, we 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 used um, we we the way how we how we develop it is 
we work very closely with our target group. So we invite them over for testing and we even test copy and we test um, uh, visuals and so on to really try to understand how people react to it. Um, and uh, we use the, the, the slogan, you're not alone in the game. Um, and that was so strong for, for some, some people who are in the target group that they were like, this is, uh, means so much to them to just like that somebody finally says these words or like, mm -hmm. because like media makes people so much like focused on, this is your problem, ah, get over it, you know, yeah, it's, it's mental health is still like so new kind of uh, in, yeah, to, to address in a, in a positive way. So it's, it's so rewarding to work on a project like this and try to make it happen with the project management skills, of course, <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's so much more to it. So that's very beautiful. I bet. Yeah. It sounds like a really interesting project and the subject matter alone, it just feels so important and impactful. I'm wondering mm -hmm. how that might impact your team culture. Um, or if you, yeah. if you see that at all, like do, does mm -hmm. the subject matter and kind of the audience and kind of the tone that you need to take, is it impacting the way that you work together as a team? Yeah, and I think that's a very good question because I would also describe um, a little bit like uh, me as the project manager or as the producer. I would describe my role very much as a strategic role. So I'm like responsible to not only like write down the project charter or like define uh, what are we going to do, but like also bringing in the constant like knowledge and experiences from from our audience to make the team aware of what we're actually building and 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 we are actually not the the target group in the end, right? So it's so much more than just like getting things done. it's it's about like um, being part of contributing with an with a product to to well-being. And this really defines a team culture with purpose. People are motivated to think about new ideas in an empathic way. And, and, and we, we all, for example, if we do user testing, um, people like I, I invite my team to, to listen in, to, to be part of those um, reactions when people look at our games, because it's so important to to have a shared understanding, what are we doing and, and for who are we doing this? And so I think really this defines how we work together and how we define our culture. Like, uh, yeah, building something with a purpose and that gives all of us a purpose. Yeah, I think, you know, your use of the word empathic there is so important. I mean, I imagine that's kind of at the center of your organization's culture, if this is something that, that you're working on. Curious about yeah. your your day to day though. Um, what's it, <laughs> yeah. what's it kind of like? What's what's it like working with a team who are you know moving on this really big project that's really centered in empathy? But I imagine you know you're still trying to ship something quickly. Things get stressful mm -hmm. every once in a while. Like what's it like day? Yeah, day? yeah, that's a very good question. I think for us it's very important to have some like specific uh, daily uh, schedule. So we start always. Uh, we have we work with like sprints, uh, two week sprints. Um, so Mondays, if I, if we start a sprint, we have a sprint kickoff where we define what we're going to work on for the next two weeks, and then we have like the typical uh, daily uh, stand ups every morning, except for Fridays. So we try to to have Friday, for example, as a focus day where people can just focus on getting things done. 
Um, and then uh, we try also to have all the meetings before lunch every day. So the afternoons are also reserved for focus time because it requires a lot of thinking and it re requires a lot of like time to, to get things uh, the way how we want it to be. Um, so we, we, we try to keep uh, as much as possible focus time for the whole team um, in, in, in the way how we produce the game. So that also means that uh, my day starts normally with like, uh, I start at, uh, I have a little daughter now, one year exactly. So, nice. <laughs> so I start, you know, I start quite early <clears throat> just to like prepare the day. And so maybe like seven in the morning, um, sitting down what is going to happen the whole day um, because uh, my focus time uh, is like uh, not really <laughs> after lunch. I, I kind of have meetings all day long. So I need to really make sure that I have the time. I need to focus, for example, talking with the patient or preparing interviews with patients uh, in the upcoming week. So I try to take a good coffee and think about what will happen uh, exactly that day or the next day. And at nine o'clock, I meet uh, the team for the, the, the daily standup where we just briefly discuss what happened yesterday and what happened today and what are there any roadblocks. And that's quite important also to for the team to meet because we are remote so we have one office in Gothenburg in Sweden and one office up north in Celestio so it's also an opportunity just to to meet and um, just to see the faces and we meet actually at nine o'clock and five minutes in the morning so people can join already a bit earlier in and have a coffee together just to like get to start the day together um, and after that, then normally like some, some more detailed meetings will happen where we have a touch base, for example, for the UX team or touch base um, um, with the creative director <clears throat> to, to showcase some what happened or what, what are we going to do in the next week. Uh, and then after lunch, I'm normally like uh, focusing right now, I'm focusing on like what will happen like next year already. So I'm trying to plan ahead and try to identify a pipeline for the team that is manageable uh, and not too uh, and yeah not too stressful because we are we're kind of a startup culture so it has a lot of like time limits we're working with as your mm -hmm. podcast is about but still it's really important to keep the yeah the good spirit up right uh, and working on the game is even more messy I would say because there's so many creative ideas swirling around flying around in, in everybody's head so it's very important to map out what are we going to do and what's the outcome we want to achieve for example at this milestone what kind of behavior do we want to address um and so on okay so it's a lot about like i would say like my day is 50 percent like uh, team management and uh yeah 50 percent strategic work i like the structure that you've put in place um i like the idea of a five minute meeting in the morning just for everyone to <laughs> kind of especially for remote teams right i mean it just feels like it's really nice to have at least one touch point in the day where everyone can come in and say, hello, this is what I'm working on, or this is what I need yeah. help with, or what I have an issue with. So I like that idea yeah. of just a really quick standoff. And I also really love the idea of having meetings in the morning and saving time for everyone so that they can actually have focused time and get work done. Um, yeah. So many PMs will just load up schedules with with meetings, and it's so <laughs> detrimental to the team's productivity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, Fridays, for example, we we try to to end the week with like a, a walkthrough. So what we have created, 
Mm. So I'm really working on like also making the team feel proud of what they're working on and want to showcase uh, what they're working on. So we have Fridays, um, like a walkthrough where everybody, if they want, can present what they have been working on. Um, but also sometimes we have inspirational Fridays where uh, one of the team can present what they are working on as a hobby or used to work on before. Or we even invite uh, some external speakers to talk about a specific topic. And once we had, a, I invited like a, an artist who joined us via Google Hangout and did a concert for the team as a surprise. That was super cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, everybody was like, uh, just like, just thought it was just a random meeting, but then it turned out to be a concert. It was so cool. And <laughs> I think that even though that we are remote, we need to really like uh, be together as a team and have fun as well, especially when you work on a topic that is not so easy sometimes, right? There's so many like, I mean, depression and bipolar, there are, there are so many beautiful sides of it, but it's also like, uh, sometimes it can be uh, a difficult topic to talk about. Absolutely, there, there are there are of course some dark sides of, of the experiences of our of our target group. So it's also important to come together and and like um, yeah, just like see us and 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 yeah, be together and like exchange the purpose and and yeah. So Absolutely, it's beautiful. Mm. It's it's cool that you're doing that work to help shape the culture to maintain that that team culture, and it sounds like yeah. it sounds like your process is agile for the most part. Do you, are you doing? Are, so you said that you're kind of doing a a show and tell type of thing on Fridays. Is that almost like a sprint demo, or is that something that you've added in just to kind of keep the communication and review and, and really kind of culture alive on a, on a weekly basis? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's more like a mix. Okay. Like it's, it's of course like we show what we have worked on, but it's, it's more used as a cultural thing that, that we, we, we can discuss it on like uh, without inviting the stakeholders or something. It's more like we as a team look at it together and, and, and yeah, and, and just like uh, share ideas and, and be open and uh, and see it more as a coming together. Hey, how was the week? And let's look at what we did. Wow, cool. That looks great. And yeah, so it, it, it's like a mix, I would say. Okay. So mm -hmm. I, um, you mentioned that like you schedule some testing, you maybe interact with some of the users. You also mentioned that you're more in, in a startup culture. So it sounds to me that, you know, and I would expect this of a, of a startup that mm -hmm. as, as the project manager, maybe even product manager on some level, um, mm -hmm. you are doing some more hands-on work with the team when it comes to research and documentation is that true yeah yeah it's, it's really important for us to to share the the why are we doing this and what are we going to do um and, and what are the experiences we're going to address like the real life experiences so for example for us it's very helpful to to have patient journeys that are not just like within like the journey how to use the product and so on it's more like what is actually happening in the real world and and thinking about like a diagnosis, like what are the feelings people have and how can we use that in some way to make the, the storytelling like uh, meaningful. For example, we had uh, in the beginning, we had like the idea that uh, a character inside the game is like um, trying to uh, trying to go home again, like um, is crashed on an island and wants to go home again. And what it turned out uh, through, through research um, that, 
for the people who experience a diagnosis within bipolar, for example, they're like, but I will never go back to the place I used to be like where I was before. So we had to change the storytelling then like, okay, we need to have something that you, you get used to something, you build something up from, uh, instead of like going back, you need to move forward. And mm-hmm. those things are so important for us to, to develop it on a creative level that we understand experiences and um, do those kind of qualitative research uh, that helps us to develop uh, yeah, a very targeted uh, experience. That makes sense. So, yeah. so you're taking part in research you're doing mm. weekly kind of meetings where I'm sure lots of ideas are flowing around. Um, I'm <laughs> sure you're working with a highly creative team. What are your methods for staying on top of those details and making sure that you're kind of pushing and pulling the right le- levers, so to speak, and really making sure that the team is focused on the right thing in that moment? Yeah, I think that's something. Uh, it's not as easy, honestly. <laughs> no, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 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 really like one of those. Uh, I, I like just like uh, uh, to start my day with like uh, a paper and a pen and just write down what I like the to dos and really um, have like a to do list for myself. Like I need to follow up on this or like during a conversation or a meeting, I can write down. Okay, I need to remember to to ask what's the status with this. So I'm like I have always like my my little book with me where where I take off notes. Mm-hmm. But of course, like we have a uh, we have the backlog in and we use Tira where we define the backlog as as best as possible, and um, we are also um, uh, working with like a, a larger uh, like uh, it's it's a huge Excel list where we have like user stories defined and um, acceptance criteria, so that also helps me to to keep on track. Okay, what what did we actually imagine here to to have as as the delivery and how is it right now? But I think like my day to day is really like uh, I love whiteboards and papers and post it. So I'm the typical. <laughs> you, you know, sir, are a project manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm working on a on a better strategy. But that's really it's the most it's really useful for me just to put it down from my head you know, on a paper uh, and uh, and have it on my desk so I don't forget it. That makes sense. I do the day. same thing. So here's a, here's a big question. Where do yeah. things go off track most in projects like the one that you're working on? Yeah. Well, uh, I think like they're all going well until we kind of enter a critical phase before milestone. <laughs> right. <laughs> then suddenly, suddenly then you see like, okay, oh, there's a really big dependency that we haven't really touched. Um, and I think it's, it's mainly really like trying to, um, I think it goes it goes off if it was not really defined in in what are we going what do we really want to get out of it so for example we we adopted from another agency here in Chilefti where I'm located we are we adopted like a system it's called um, uh, functionality usability cosmetics and sharelik like love so these are like different layers of how we talk about the components that we develop or features. Okay. And uh, we approach it like functionality and usability first. So we make sure it works and it's usable. Um, and, and this kind of like helps us to, to overcome like those big surprises because we know, okay, this component needs to be functional and usability at this point in time. And then we can add like beautiful graphics like cosmetics, or if you want to push it to the, to the, 
to the horizon, then we can add the extra level of love to it. Um, but I think this is like where normally it sounds perfect in theory, but in reality, like a lot of things are like, yeah, okay, we developed it now, functionality and usability, it works, but somehow it's not really fun to play, so we need right. to go back. And, you know, that's the thing about games. You really also want to make it some kind of like good experience. So you, it's really hard to have it just in your head and you need to have it in your hands to really find out if it's really fun to do and this is the experience that we want to have. And uh, Absolutely. I think those, those things are like sometimes, yeah, uh, don't go as planned. But then these are also moments of opportunities, of course, to like look at it uh, and, and, and define it better. But coming from like a traditional project management perspective, that's like the, the moment where you're like, ah, okay, damn it, we need more time. <laughs> right. Well, and I imagine too, it's like, you know, you do the testing things yeah. don't come back maybe the way that you wanted or reactions mm. weren't you know what you expected so you kind of go back to the drawing board but then what you're talking about could even lead to well it works but it doesn't look as cool as we wanted it to which yeah, could then like send you down a whole other rabbit hole around design <laughs> and animation and stuff that costs yeah. a lot of money and takes a lot of time yeah 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 okay. it takes so long time yeah exactly. so then so really yeah those kind of things how do you determine if the project's actually done then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, like when, right now we are still in the, the development phase, of course. So okay. um, we we work towards milestones and those milestones, um, we have like specifications that we want to, to have in that game. Um, uh, for example, the character has this kind of like uh, seven days content or something like that. And we define, we write a script for that and uh, and and map out what we want to have in that kind of like in in the con for the for the content and then we develop uh, those kind of things and test it out on the way and when we have that in place uh, then okay we 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 can sign off things and move forward but I think like with the game it feels like it's never done it's right. really you always see like ah this we could do better or this is an opportunity to to implement some kind of maybe messages educational messages especially in our case or like uh, from the user testing we thought okay yeah this is something we really nailed and then you do the, the testing and like okay maybe we did not nail it. maybe not so much <laughs> yeah exactly so it's really like we, we try to to sign off things and, and and okay this is like good enough right so that helps us also when we have to find okay what are we what what level are we looking at is it functionality usability cosmetics or like the love layer so and and, and this helps us to to sign off like different layers um because there are dependencies of course because sure uh, when when functional when everything it works as it should and it's usable then we can give it or hand it over to the art team uh, and then they can dress uh, the the level or something like this but it's rarely the case that it works so streamlined because then suddenly there are changes happening uh, from the UX perspective. And so I would say we know when we're done, when we really have uh, good testing results and feel like, okay, this is like good enough for now, let's move on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. How is that for you coming from more of a traditional project management role? where you're working on something that really can kind of change shape and really kind of like continue longer than a typical project. Mm -hmm. Like is, is that, is that difficult for you to kind of manage and, and, and really feel like you're making 
an impact? Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I, I think when you come from a traditional, so I was working at an agency before where we had like, like short projects or longer projects, but it was always very clear, like what you're working on and right. where, where's, where, what is the end delivery, right? So like managing expectations was super important to have a good client relationship and so on. And here in my project is, I think managing expectations and communication is the most important things I'm working on every day, like really to, to have the team, uh, working on the goals that that we want to achieve, and also having the communication between the team members, especially when they're remote, to to identify roadblocks as early as possible, or even foresee them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it could sometimes you have the kind of feeling, yeah, I want to move forward with this now, this part, but then you need to be need to be like patient and say, like, no, maybe we are not there yet with this part, so let's mm-hmm. give it some time more. So that could be, of course, sometimes a little bit frustrating, frustrating, but I think that's that's exactly like where also the beauty is to work on something that that is more challenging a little bit. So, yeah, um, it yeah. sounds like your role is a little more strategic in in that sense as well. Yeah. It's that you really have a bigger picture view of the product, not just the project, right? You're yeah, exactly. you're managing the project and, and the mechanics of the process and getting it done, but you really have your finger on the pulse of what's working well, uh, what mm-hmm. what could be shipped, uh, what might have to be revisited. I think that that's really interesting. It's, it's it sounds like a really cool place to be within the PM space, and I'm sure there yeah. are a lot of folks out there who would love to get into the gaming industry. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for folks who might be looking in, in, into getting into project management in, in that industry. Yeah, for me, it was uh, definitely. And I think, so I'm working with a very special field of game development. So it's like right. in the field of ser- serious games. So like mm-hmm. games that actually can, can, yeah, want to make an impact in a positive way. And I would love to see more people from project management coming there because there are so many project managers like I was before. I was working a lot with like uh, pharma projects and like uh, digital healthcare. And so I was like a little bit like looking for like, okay, how can we turn something in like an app into more like an engaging experience to use like gamification or something like that in a good way. And there's so many opportunities to actually bring that knowledge that you have from your previous projects into a new area or like in a new field that that really needs people with this knowledge and there was the case for me that I had the the, the luck that um, that uh, I, I, I I'm able to work with such a fantastic team and bring my previous experiences from from like working with an as a traditional PM into a new field uh, and so I think my my suggestion would be to to really look out what are you interested in and what what really what really would drive your motivation to bring your skills into into the gaming industry is it like a big game um, or is it maybe some smaller startups that can really use some hands-on help uh, and for me it was the entrance was like through a startup and then grow with the startup because you can shape so much things you can you can shape the day flow of the whole team you can you can you can define the goals. You can you you can talk uh, with the management and and yeah, and you can really have an impact. So my my personal <laughs> advice would be, if if it's hard to to land a job in in a bigger company, there are lots of great small uh, studios that that want to make an impact and who need help from 
from from project managers and it's a great place to learn as well yeah so, it sounds like a great way to kind of level up your skills like you if you can start with a kind of your basis like experience as a pm and and jump into an organization like the one that you're in and really mm-hmm. kind of expand on your skill set and, yeah. and get more kind of get your hands dirty a little bit on the project right <laughs> like do a little bit of yeah. the work so to speak yes Exactly. I think for me, it was very good to start in an agency because mm-hmm. I think you had the same experience like that you that you work on very different projects um, and you get a lot of like insights how to, yeah, you make a lot of mistakes, but you you, you have the, the chance to do it better next time. True. <laughs> the next project, of course. But it, like, but it's within, within like working in the game, it's so interesting to like, I'm, I, when I worked in the agency, I was, I felt I was far away from actually the creatives. I was like, just like making like, you know, the, the box checker a little bit, you know, like yeah. that you, like you don't want to be, you want to be part of the vision. You want to, you want to shape things and, and try to, to create an environment that, that to, to help the people on your team to make the best work, to feel passionate about what they're doing. And, and I really felt like going, coming to a smaller studio who, who really hungry to do something good was the best decision um, because I can really, yeah, use my talents or like my passion as well and inspire people and they inspire me. So it's, uh, it was very, for me, it was the best decision. That's great. Uh, and I cannot wait to see this game. Um, Tim, thank you so <laughs> much for taking the time to, to talk to me today and for joining me on Time Limit. It's been Really interesting talking about this, um, your perspective on PM, kind of how you got into this role and, and some really good advice for people who are interested in getting into video game, you know, projects or even healthcare design. I mean, there's that space is wide open for change and, and what you're doing is, is pretty exciting. So keep me posted on when things go live and if we can share with our audience, I'd love to do that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was such a such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed the chat with Tim. I have to say, I personally feel so lucky to be able to connect with the people around the world to talk about our common challenges and approaches to our work as project managers. I also really appreciate Tim's approach to his work and even to his career. I'm hoping that someone out there is inspired by Tim's story and really takes the opportunity to become a more strategic PM. I think it's pretty cool stuff what he's doing. Well, hey, thanks again for checking out Time Limit. Do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you've got a minute, give us a review. I'd really appreciate that. Oh, and while you're online or even on social media, check us out at Team Gantt. We're sharing tons of new content, resources, and templates on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and even Instagram. I hope you'll follow along. That's where I'm going to be till our next episode. Thanks. Thanks.